I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. (laughs) Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. We are here talking about our very first trip to Europe. But first of all, what are we up to? How's your day? <laughs> My day has been crazy. You guys, I went to a new dentist today and he did everything. Like he did a full consultation with me about all my dental mm-hmm. history. Then he did like full mouth x-rays, like 18 different pictures uh-huh. and stuff. Then he put me in this machine where it did like this whole thing around me, like did like a whole... 3D imaging of all of my teeth and my jaw, my skull. I saw my whole skull, which is crazy. It was kind of fun. Uh And then he did Invisalign scanning. Mm -hmm. And then I did a full cleaning, which was amazing. So anyway, we did the whole cleaning. And then he asked me if I wanted a teeth whitening. And I told him about my sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And he said it was totally up to me. But he said that if I, if we, if I did want to do it, we could go slow. Like it's in three processes. Mm -hmm. So they put it on and you wear it for like 20 minutes and then they go in and they take it all off and then they put on a new layer and then you do it for 20 minutes and they take it all off and then you do it a third time. And he said, if at any point you want to stop in it, we can just stop or, or you don't have to do it either way. So I'm not, but you know how much I want white teeth. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. I really (laughs) want to do it. And so I did it. But you guys, if I all of a sudden wince in pain, my teeth are being super sensitive and he gave me these um trays to put on that will he said basically the reason that your teeth do that is because they're dehydrated like the peroxide in Mm -hmm. the bleaching gel takes all the like whatever out of your teeth and so um he gave me these these trays to wear that like hydrate your teeth back again interesting so but you have you can't talk while you're wearing them so i can't wear them yet so can't wait to go put them on tonight but yeah he was he was amazing like everything was like state of the art like incredible that's so cool yeah and in case you're wondering dr goodbye in beverly hills (laughs) goodbye (laughs) well your teeth look great thank you and this isn't like the end deal like they will continue whitening for like the next 24 or 48 hours oh wow that's cool so like don't look at them be like man they don't look that white like they're still still glowing yeah (laughs) so this week just like last week is another one that we had to re-record because i didn't get any sound that last time it's crazy and it's funny because i was listening to Trisha's podcast and she was talking about how she doesn't like it when there's like a mistake and she doesn't like like having to repeat conversations she's already had. And I remember listening to that thinking, oh, I don't really mind doing that. Like when it has to happen, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, fuck my life. Why did I fucking say that? I'm not kidding you guys. Like 10 hours worth of shit. Oh, I just feel it in my gut, like my stomach. Like when I finally got your messages, mm-hmm. I'm like, I literally got back to my car, you guys. And there was like 27 messages from Holly and uh, most of them were voice notes. So I couldn't see them. But there was a couple that I saw where it was like, I'm about to cry. I feel sick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? And I'm listening to him going, wait, how bad is this, though? But how bad is yeah. it? But how bad is it? Just the one? Is it just the nope? No nope, scenario. It's all of them. Worst case it's scenario. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> but you, the good news is we love doing the podcast and we love being here with you guys yeah if we didn't that would be a problem we would just be like we're going on a break yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but i came right over here after as soon as i heard so we are getting into is this episode eight of season two episode eight this is season two episode eight wait is this the halfway point of the season is it because there's 16 i think there's 16 probably that's nuts yeah crazy So anyway, we go to Europe in this episode. This episode's called I See London, I See France. And I think before I even take you guys back in time, we should talk a little bit about like what this trip meant to us because it was all three of our first time in Europe. And this was a trip that I didn't think I would be able to take really. Like I didn't know if I would ever be going on a trip because I was kind of locked in this mindset at this point in time at the mansion where I thought I was going to be there for the rest of my life. And, you know, if I ever wanted to go anywhere, it had to be because Hef took me and, you know, obviously Hef's not going to be around forever. But by that time, I'm going to be so old that, you know, life is over. So (laughs) I just never thought that I would get to go to Europe, really. Like it was such a dream. I didn't think I'd get to go. 
while I was still in my 20s, really. So it was so exciting to go. And do you remember even like whose idea it was? Because it was centered around Hef's 80th birthday. Yeah. But was it more the show? Was it more him? Was it us trying to make it happen? I don't really remember. You know, I think it was kind of like the focus of a lot of different things. I think that we really wanted to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think that the show really wanted to film us doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, we had a lot between Playboy and E! We had a lot of sources that could help fund that. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Because Hef went to Europe the last time before this. It was for his 75th birthday. And I think that was just a press tour for him turning 75, I guess. And he wanted to take his seven girlfriends on a trip and show off. I don't know. I don't really know what it was all about other than that. But it was so exciting because we got to go to like how many different countries? Five different countries. Five. Yeah, five different countries. See so many cities. And it was really such kind of an ideal way to see Europe for the first time. It really was. It was like... a a trip of a lifetime because who gets to go around and we'll talk more about it as we get to it. But like who gets to go around in in private jets and limos and helicopters and stay at the best hotels in all of these places and attend all the best parties and just and get to sightsee and do everything like it was incredible. Yeah, it was really fun. So should we get into the episode or are you going to take us in the grotto time machine? We're going to go back in time in the grotto time machine. This episode's called I See London, I See France. It originally aired on September 17th, 2006. The number one song at the time was Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls featuring Snoop Dogg. The number one movie was Gridiron Gang starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Do you remember that movie? No, I don't remember it either. So this scene opening scene makes my skin want to crawl oh yes well should i tell them what it is yeah so we're all on Hef's bed in our uh, pjs uh. <laughs> and Hef says i thought we might take a trip and i thought we might go to europe so tell us what you don't like about this scene so many things so there were a handful of times during this series where we were expected to do scenes in the master bedroom all wearing PJs gathered around like a happy little fucking family and having some kind of like tender moment. And it gagged, I like even talking about it now, like my skin is crawling, I'm triggered. I I mean, I do know why it grosses me out, but I feel like explaining it doesn't even do it justice. Yeah. I feel like there's a couple reasons it grosses me out. I feel like, I mean, I think one is like that was my room, but I didn't always hate shooting scenes in there either. So that can't be it because there would be times we were shooting scenes like we shot a scene for the House Bunny movie in our room, but because we're in normal daytime clothes, that didn't trigger me. Or like when Hef was telling us about the second pictorial, but we're in daytime clothes, that didn't trigger me. But when it's all of us in PJs, it triggers me so hard. I don't know why that is. I think one, it's like not really true. Like it was so rare that we were ever all three in there watching something. Usually if we were, it was like a rough cut of the show he was showing us and we wouldn't all be in matching pajamas. And I never liked when he wanted us to all wear the matching pajamas. You know what I mean? Like, I remember there was this press thing we were doing once for Christmas and he wanted all the seven girlfriends to wear the pink flannel pajamas. And I didn't want to wear them because I thought they were not figure flattering for like a TV show. Yeah, because they were very big. So I wore a different set of Playboy pink pajamas and he freaked out on me. And it's it's just, I don't know. It just felt like kind of invasive to me and kind of gross because I felt like they were trying to put it over like we're this happy family but also we fuck kind of a thing like they wanted to get both of those across for like both levels of the audience like this is a happy wholesome sitcom family who has matching PJs on Christmas or every night kind of a thing but also they wanted like the sexual innuendo there and I think that just the mix of all that stuff just gags me so hard yeah I get it I didn't feel that way about this scene i i do feel kind of the coziness i um i did love those pajamas i'm trying to get those pajamas again (laughs) but i totally see where you're coming from and how they're trying to send mixed messages with that yeah and i i i don't know i i think there's something else with it i'm feeling too where i felt 
maybe like it was invading on my space a little bit and not from you and Kendra because you guys are just following orders being there. Yeah. But it felt like invasive on my space or like, I can't even have this. Like, this is my room. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt demoted maybe a little bit too. Well, maybe. And I don't know if this is how you feel, but you can tell me. But like, I feel like maybe this is you and have every night and this is real for you guys. And then Kendra and I being in there in matching PJs makes it look like this is normal too. And that's not so normal. Not that that didn't ever happen. Yes, we did go in there and watch stuff. And sometimes we're all in our PJs. And I do remember doing it on multiple occasions, but it wasn't the norm. And it was the norm for you and half to be in your PJs and in bed. And at best, I would just come in and say goodnight or pop down and talk to you guys for a few minutes about something on my mind or something. And it wasn't like, oh, let's just all snuggle in and like be cozy wozy all the time. And most usually it would be people wearing their own pajamas. I don't think Kendra wore the pink pajamas on her own at any time. She usually did not. Yeah, it was just I love the pink pajamas. Anytime I could get my hands on those and I hated it if I came in and there were none. I was like, damn. I don't know if you guys I tried to steal a pair. <laughs> That's weird that they wouldn't let you take those. That I know. So Did I already weird. tell that story on here? Probably, but there was no sound. So tell oh, it again. <laughs> let me tell you guys. So I loved, loved, loved those pajamas. They are the softest warmest but not too warm where you're dying pajamas just so comfortable and tell people where they were and like where you grabbed them and like hefts and stuff. okay so they were in hef's closet and one side was all his satin pajamas but then at the end of that was like the flannel pajamas they were like a flannel a soft flannel material and there were baby blue ones for hef and baby pink ones for the girls and they would get so worn out because all the most of the girls always loved to wear them and they would get real thin and tattered and so they would have have like new batches made and you could tell when you got like the new batch one and one time getting close to when I was leaving but not not I wasn't like out the door or anything like that but it was getting close I thought you know what I want a pair I knew like mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be there for too much longer and I was like I really want a pair of these when a new batch came around I took a pair and wore them but then instead of throwing them in the laundry where they would get rehung and put back in Hess closet I kind of threw them in the back of my closet uh-huh. gonna like kind of sneak off with a pair well they found them and took them out and I don't now I look back at that and think why the hell didn't I just ask if I could have a pair oh they would have let you have had a pair I know but why didn't I just ask why was I trying to be sneaky and like steal a pair (laughs) well you know what I think I think that was you just knew he wouldn't care so why not take one but then when push came to shove and you're actually moving out maybe you didn't want to ask because things got weird around that time like maybe that was kind of like the battle you didn't want to fight things got hella weird and I think the pajamas were the last thing on my mind yeah last thing on my mind so I wasn't even thinking it um but yeah so I I tried to get a pair a long time ago um I asked Brian Alea about it and he said oh I can put you in touch with who makes them now and they that kind of fell through I don't know if it was on my end or their end or whatever but it never happened but now I am in touch with them again and I'm also asking them to make them for our merch store, which I'm really super excited about because then we can offer them to you guys. And I just feel like they're a very kind of intimate... I hope that word doesn't trigger. No, it doesn't. Uh, no, exclusive, I think is exclusive. what you mean. Just because it's not something that's made. And just so you guys know, it probably wouldn't be cheap because they're like custom and we wouldn't be able to get like a ton made. But for the random person who really wants to get serious about their collection of yeah, weird shit. I'm going to try and add them to the merch store. And, the, and we are actively working on that right now. She's looking for the pattern that she made and the fabric again. So it's going to be a bit, but I'm working on it. And I'd love to know, leave in the comments if... If you guys are excited about that or not, that will kind of give me an idea of how hard to push on this. Or if you guys are like, nah, pass. <laughs> but I, I see what you mean by saying exclusive, but I also think intimate when I think of it, because it's like a it's it was something that was very, very personal. It wasn't Playboy merchandise. Yeah, it, wasn't yeah. it wasn't anything. It was something very personal to Hef in his closet and like our lifestyle, good yeah. or bad. <laughs> And so I feel like in that way, I do kind of mean intimate and exclusive and like very one off something that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. So 
Get excited if you are. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at Botox cosmetic.com Yeah, I think it's interesting too how you talk about how they got faded because they really did. Like they would get like white and threadbare near the end. And then when a new batch came in, they were like Pepto pink. Yeah. I think I bet you anything when you see the pink pajamas on the show, they're probably not brand new ones because the ones I remember seeing on the show are almost white. Yeah. But the brand new ones were bright pink. Yeah. I wonder if there's a way. I mean, it wouldn't be authentic. It wouldn't be like the same material. But I wonder if there's a material that like holds the dye better. I don't know. And then it makes me wonder, did they sell all those pink and blue pajamas? Like who has the pink and blue flannel pajamas? We know who has them. Oh, but you don't think they're sold? I mean, I didn't see them in the auction book, although we know a lot of stuff went in the auction that wasn't in the book. They have another auction coming up. Oh, is that still happening? Mm -hmm. Oh, so maybe they're in somebody's closet. Well, we're about to put them in yours. Oh, Well, you want to know why this scene icks me out? Why? For none of the same reasons of yours, but because it's a fake scene. I know. I I hate fake scenes because I feel like I can look at that and go, we're totally acting here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so bad. Yeah, we never liked the fake scenes. And this would come back to haunt us, this type of scene in season three, because Kevin wanted us to do this whole best of episode where we're a cozy fucking family sitting around in our flannels in bed, reminiscing over Girls Next Door. And, you know, we were willing to do it. We show up, we're good sports, but... What we, how we were reacting wasn't what Kevin had in his head. And he wasn't like doing a good job explaining to us what he wanted. He was just like thinking we could read his mind and he got so pissed. Yeah. But you can see in that episode, there's a scene where we have to do a cheesy ass group hug at the end and I'm fully rolling my eyes. I'm not even trying to hide it. I'm just like, get me the fuck out of here. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's like the ultimate triggering scene for me. I remember shooting that, but I, and I remember fighting with Kevin about it in, right there in the room but I don't remember the group hug at the end but that's cringe yeah and it's another one of those things where you know when we were shooting that special you look at the digital clock behind Hef and it's like 1pm or something and it's supposed to be like nighttime. oh my god so oh one other thing that's really kind of weird about this episode there's not really scenes like there is in the other episodes we just kind of like flutter from one thing to the next yeah it's like very much trying to pack a lot of shit in yeah So, but the next scene, if you will, and I say that in quotes, um, they show you in the dining room with your French tutor doing French lessons. Yeah, he did not want to be on camera. And I think it's important to note that um, you and I were very much on the same track with like second languages. Like we both went to Beverly Hills Lingual Institute at the same time and we both got tutors from there. Yeah. And they started coming to the mansion and you're still friends with your tutor. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. A funny story about her. You guys might recognize her now because... uh, she is Pepper from American Horror Story, which is cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, we're still good friends. And they don't show you practicing your language at all. Why do you think that was? Were you just not trying to speak it? Well, we only had one day in Spain. Right. Well, I I think that I didn't focus on it for the, as a thing for the show at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely was focusing on the language and doing the classes and the tutoring. And I would sneak down at night and talk to Ramon in the kitchen mm-hmm. and um, and try and immerse. That's the 
biggest way I could immerse myself at that point, you know, and try and um, talk to him in Spanish. Um, But I think that it was sort of your lane kind of thing, like learning the, because they're finally giving you a A hobby, a thing. (laughs) And I wasn't like trying to like be like, oh, me too, me too. You know, like it was whatever. Yeah. They never wanted to overlap any of our stuff. Like if one person was doing it, that became that person's thing and nobody else could do it. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to make it my thing. It was sort of like, I'm just doing this, but the whole world doesn't have to know I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, one thing I was going to say to you about the scene, I feel like this was filmed during Hef's birthday because there's tons of bouquets of flowers all over the dining room. That makes sense. And I was like, whoa, there there used to be like little flower arrangements on the just tiny ones on the table and stuff. But this was like big bouquets, like in every corner of the room. And I was like, oh, this must be Hef's birthday week filming. (laughs) Do you remember when we used to call Wednesday Mercredi when she would come in? Yes, and Miraculous. Uh-huh. That was us uh, trying to immerse ourselves in our, our languages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My accent's bad this episode. Watch out. Oh, no, it isn't. I think it sounds so good. There's some words I'm not going to point out, but oh. they're really bad. Oh, oh, but if oh. I point out, then all of a sudden the haters are going to act like they always knew that was pronounced wrong since day one. And isn't it awful? Do you ever experience that? I know you're not as chronically online as I am, but like you point out your own flaw and you're talking about it. And then you'll notice like a you've never heard anybody else point it out, at least that you've come across before. But all of a sudden, a big patch of haters will come up and be like, yeah, and this bitch did this. And I'm like, you don't even fucking notice till I pointed it out. Yeah. And And I hate it. We have to be, you know, self-deprecating like that because we feel like we have to catch it before other Mm -hmm. people do. And then they still hate us. I know. Totally. (laughs) But one of the things I want to point out too here is your your French teacher says you you say something and he says, "Okay, now you're um, you're ready to go shopping in Paris. And I thought, oh, he doesn't know her very well. Yeah, no, I don't think I shopped at all there. I don't like shopping. Yeah. In an interview, you say Hef hasn't been to Europe since he went in the 70s with our old friend Barbie Benton. Which is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, that's a total, complete lie. And I feel like that's a good theme for these Europe episodes is twisting our words and putting words in our mouths. Because I've said this before a million times on the podcast. When we're in confessional interview, you can't trust a thing we're saying, not only because we're edited, but because they won't let you out of the chair until you say certain things. And sometimes you refuse and then they get you to say like a compromise thing. And sometimes if it's something that's not a big deal, you don't really care. So you just roll with it, which I think I was doing in this case, because the last time Hef went to Europe was not in the 70s. It was five years previous for his 75th birthday. And I knew that well and good, but they wanted to like Kevin always wanted to make Barbie Benton relevant to the show for some reason, which it doesn't make sense in this episode. No hate to her. I love Barbie, but it just didn't make any sense. And he wanted to turn that into a thing. And I'm talking about how when Hef and Barbie went to Europe in the 70s, there was a rumor they got married because Barbie was wearing kind of this white veil looking thing. And I'm like, well, maybe that'll happen with us. But obviously that's like a whole bit they set up and wanted me to say. And I just rolled with it. Yeah, well, because I was going to say, if you did, if you would have said, oh, he was just there five years ago, I feel like that takes a lot of excitement out of the trip for people thinking that this is such mm-hmm. an incredible opportunity for us. Not that it still wouldn't have been the yeah. same amount of opportunity for us, but it just doesn't seem as special, I feel like. Yeah, it seems more par for the course, which we never thought of it that way. I never for a minute thought that because Hef went to Europe right before I moved in, we would get to go. Yeah. But I could see how it would seem that way to the audience. But also, if he if you didn't talk about the Barbie one, then how would he incorporate Barbie into all of this? Because now Exactly. Or me wanting to get married. Right. My whole theme in life. Because <laughs> now he can throw in montage of old clips of Hef and Barbie at the Coliseum in Rome and Venice. Uh-huh. And like you said, wearing the weird veil on her face and a bunch of other stuff. And then right here in commentary, Kendra says that when she told her mom that they were going to go to Europe, she said, oh, you're going to go see Big Ben. And Kendra thought she was talking about Ben Roethlisberger, if I'm saying his name right. Yeah, who was a football player. A football player, yeah. And she kept repeating that over and over in London, but the show never picked up on it. Like, I think she really wanted that joke to go and it was just over Kevin's head or something. Kevin probably didn't know who that was. Oh, fuck no. (laughs) And then in interview, I say we leave for Europe in like 24 hours and I have so much to do. I'm not ready. Another fed line because clearly we're doing these interviews, these confessionals like after. 
most likely. And then in in commentary, Holly says, the thing about the Europe trip is that we got to do so many cool things and I and only a fraction of it was on what we were able to like film. Yeah. So you guys, as we're talking about this, when we get to the end of each city on the show, we'll take a pause to tell you about everything that just list off everything you didn't see because some of it was our favorite stuff. Yeah. And do you remember most of it? Yeah. Do you remember anything about the planning of it? Because like I remember like hitting up, you know, one of my friends in high school who's pretty well traveled and being like, oh, where should I go? And she was the one who told me to go to Hampton Court and a bunch of places and a lot of places in France I had picked out just because I'd always wanted to go and just stuff I'd seen in like National Geographic and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I remember us sitting in my room and like just researching Mm -hmm. Europe and all the places we were going and what are all the cool things to do. And like I had that Europe for Dummies book that I was reading. Mm -hmm. And like we were just like researching and like figuring out how we could do as much as possible. We were like, this might be our only time to go. We need to see all these things. And we were just like, making mass lists and seeing how much we could get by with. Yeah, we packed our schedule and so much of it they wouldn't allow filming. Yeah. It's a new year and you know that that means new goals, new resolutions, new vision boards, however you want to do it. But what's one of your new goals? Is it to save money? Is it to eat better? Is it to have less stress? Well, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like, delivered right to your front door. Sometimes I just can't figure out what to make or I'm like just tired of making the same recipes all the time. But HelloFresh does not let recipe boredom strike. It has more options than ever before. Dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even more market add-on items that suit any lifestyle. I love preparing these meals. I think it's like the fun part of cooking because they already gather all the ingredients for you. They give you just the right amount and then you just get to do the fun part and then you get to eat it, which is the more fun part. I used to choose just like the random meat and potato uh, meal kits, but this time I switched to 20 minutes and under because I just feel like things have been so busy and so crazy lately. I want like quick dinners in and out and I'm so excited to give them a try. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there is something for everyone. I love switching between the brands and now our listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with us. Go to HelloFresh.com slash next level free and use code next level free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash next level free with code next level free. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And before we went, I remember we were planning the trip and Kevin's big idea in our story meeting was like, not that we were there for actual story meetings, but he would gather us in the dining room for meetings and be like, what are you guys doing? What do you want to do? And when we talked about Europe, I remember his face lit up like he just thought he thought of the best thing ever. He goes, oh, I know. I know. Kendra trying escargot. And you guys know how I feel about the trying food scenes. It's just like not my type of humor. Like, I guess other people find it funny. But I'm, and you know, it's not that I don't think it's funny one time, but it was just something he thought was like so worth spending a lot of time on and like really building the suspense. Like, is she going to try it? Is she not? And I'm like, I don't know if this is like the best use of our time to tell you the truth. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the 1960s sitcom humor again. Well, here they're trying to really like make it like I'm stressed out and stuff. And I was, but not for the reasons that you might think. Like they're trying to make it look like I have so much to do and to pack for. And I guess that's kind of it. But what I'm really stressed out about is that they're adding things on top of that. Like the, um, as you already saw, the Captain Morgan ad was like just kind of thrown on at the last Mm -hmm. minute. But it was also on the day that I was supposed to drive all the way to Northern California and take my dog, take Winnie to be with my parents because I... I never felt like 
I never felt like she would get enough attention if I left her at the yeah. mansion. I know that she would be fine. All the other mm-hmm. dogs were fine. But I always wanted her to be like with my parents or something like that. Yeah. So I'd always make an effort to take her to my parents' house. They loved, they they thought of themselves as grandparents anyway. So they loved mm-hmm. the opportunity to do that. Um, and so it was just... I had it all planned out exactly when I needed to do things. And then all of a sudden I have to like hurry up and expedite like getting ready and taking Winnie and all of these things because they're adding more and more things onto our schedule, making it extra stressful. But it isn't that I didn't want to do Captain Morgan or yeah. like do all those things. Like, of course, I want to do it. But that doesn't mean that it's not stressful that you still have to do all these things. That's the crazy thing about how when life is good and you are getting all these opportunities, the only downside of that is sometimes it can get so fucking hectic. Like, I feel like that right now, like when unexpected things come up, it's like choke time. It's like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Like I was doing an interview recently or it wasn't an interview it was actually on the live I was just on when I was just talking to people and I'm like I feel like I need a babysitter for me like a a human adult babysitter (laughs) like I'm just not holding it together (laughs) and people are writing what's an adult babysitter I'm like I'm inventing it it's for me (laughs) actually I would hate that I would absolutely despise being like hovered over and having my clothes laid out and shit but like I need help with something but basically things just get overwhelming sometimes for sure even when things are good. And I feel, do you feel like if you were a man and you didn't have to worry about looking your best all the time, it wouldn't be that stressful? I feel like that adds so much to it. Cause even with us re-recording, like I can't be like, Bridget, jump on a Zoom and we're not going to want to Zoom and make a video for you guys with no makeup. Like, obviously I'm not super glammed up, but we want to look presentable. We don't want to be like, trolls who just rolled out of the shower but i feel like guys are so low maintenance like it doesn't matter what they look like half the time and i just wonder if it's easier to be a man in that way i feel like i mean i think there's some high maintenance guys out there that might (laughs) disagree but i think for the most part being a guy i felt this way about cameos too like i i know um a male uh comedian actually who like can do like tons of those like whenever they come up or all day long or whatever and things like what's the problem with them but for me when I get a cameo I have to be like okay so I'm gonna do that on a day that I have my hair and makeup done because otherwise I have to like spend all this time doing hair and makeup and Mm -hmm. setting up the lighting lighting, yeah Yeah. and a guy can just like be sitting in his car and be like hey what's up this is so-and-so how are you today you know like whatever and do their whole cameo and I'm like that's so not fair like I feel like guys have an advantage when it comes to stuff like that because they don't give a shit what they look like. Yeah, and they're not expected to look a certain way, really. Totally. People think they're handsome as they age. It's like... Yeah, if I have one bad lighting, people are like telling me I've had too much plastic surgery. Yeah, it's nuts. (laughs) And that I'm looking old and blah, blah, blah. It's too much. Just like, okay, so everything I have to try and make as perfect as possible... And so it shows me at my computer and I'm typing and I pick up a list and I'm looking at that list and it literally has nothing to do with the trip. It's oh, like funny. clean out my closet, take yeah. stuff to the other house. Like, well, it's mm-hmm. not even the trip for the, for the this type of stuff. And in interview, Kendra says, I'm so excited about going to Europe. Um, it's my first time. But I feel like uh, in this episode, they really or this whole this whole trip they really try and focus on it being Kendra's first time 100% when it was really all of our first time yeah and I feel like we say that but it's not the focus it's really more about it being Kendra's first time and the only time it's said I think is later on when we're on the bus in London and the tour guide asks oh is it your first time here and Hef goes the girls not me I've been here many times yeah I, th- I feel like they really want to make it look like, oh, Kendra's first time. Excitement, excitement. But it was our first time, too. Yeah. So then they show Kendra in the office talking to Norma. And Kendra says, um, when I'm in France, I'm going to eat snails. And and I think that the reason she said that is because of the meeting with Kevin when oh, he yeah. said that. And Norma says, uh, when you order chicken, make sure it has wings. Then you'll know it isn't rabbit. And Kendra says, you guys are talking about Asia. That's what they do over there. They have monkey on a stick. How sick is that? Oh, and then they scene. start playing like stereotypical type Asian. Like old timey, old Hollywood Chinese stereotype. Yeah. Music, kind of like in a- the background. And 
when we're in Germany in the next episode, yes. they do a whole bit that's it's, like Asian related. It's and it's not the end of it. It's the worst. Yeah. It makes me want to crawl underneath the furniture right yeah. now and be like, oh, but I feel like it has to be mentioned. Like it has to be oh, 100%. said. And I'm just like, Okay, this yeah, scene this needs combo? to end. I know. This needs to end right now. And then it shows Kendra back in her disaster of a room. In an interview, Kendra says, I'm so excited about going to Europe, but I'm not excited about packing. And it shows Kendra in Mary's office. And Mary says, I'm not going to have to worry about your packing, right? You're going to start packing early, right? Because the luggage truck leaves here at nine o'clock. What's not on that truck doesn't go. And Mary looks stern and Kendra looks kind of unfazed. And then they show a digital clock, six hours, 47 minutes, and the suspense music starts playing and the clock starts ticking down. But I want to talk a couple of things about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, we had to have all of our luggage out way before we were actually leaving for the trip, like hours before, because they ahead of time packed everything up and took it in a truck and loaded the plane first, way before we even got there, like three, four hours before we even left. So that's one. That's why the nine o'clock thing is on there. But um, the other thing I have to tell you how one of the reasons why packing for one of these trips was so stressful, and this wasn't the only trip this happened on, but some of the locations that we were going to be at, we were going to be there for less than like 24 hours or only 24 hours. So they didn't want to bring all the luggage into these places. So we had to strategically pack. This is this is my suitcase for Spain. This is what I'm bringing and this is what I'm wearing for that. And if anything overlapped, you would have to either buy double or figure out how you're going to get it out of that suitcase and into this suitcase that's mm-hmm. never even getting off the train. And for instance, the first place we go is London. They're not going to bring the stuff that we're taking to Spain or Rome or whatever, any of that stuff off the plane, only the stuff that we need for London. So you had to like, really think about it. I had lists going. I have notes on my itinerary about what I'm wearing to what. And then like your makeup and your shoes and all that kind of stuff. If any of that crossed over, you would have to like figure out how you were going to handle that later on in the trip. And it was tough. It was like a puzzle. It was like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And as we're rushing around packing and it's this big dramatic scene, it shows me like in the pantry and I'm pointing at like this layout plan. And I'm like, what is that? But then in commentary, I say that they remodeled the kitchen and pantry while we were gone. But do you remember that getting remodeled? Not really. It must have just been like replacing some things because there was not like a big fresh like, ooh, look at this new kitchen and pantry. Yeah. Like it always looked very much the same. Totally. But it's funny because I saw you looking at this wall with all these like printouts and stuff and they're trying to make it look like this is how the whole mansion has to get organized Mm -hmm. for the trip because we say something before that about um, you say, Holly says the entire mansion staff has to help us prepare and pack and then it shows you looking at this layout like it's all planned out yeah, like, like as if that. I have this printout of where my luggage yeah, is yeah the going. master plan yeah. but really it's the yeah kitchen remodel stuff um, but I was like con- kind of confused on that scene for a second I was like wait what what is she <laughs> even looking at selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. 
And then in interview, I say, so today I need to get my hair done, my nails done, and my toes done all at the same time. And they show you laying down and everybody's working on you. And there is a foot shot for the foot fetishists Ew, out there. Oh, no. <laughs> and for the first time, it actually shows me at the gym. Oh, yeah, you're right. Down in the gym. And I'm running sideways on the treadmill, which don't try that at home, folks. It's an advanced move. <laughs> Because it's hard. It's hard to do that. And the suspense music is escalating. Like, we're, it's really building up the suspense. And I'm feeling it. Like, rewatching this, like, they, oh, do, yeah, a they do a good job on that. It, for sure. Because I am feeling the suspense. I feel like that shot of you in the beauty salon is like a dream shot for Kevin because it's so like, Beverly Hills, getting all your shit done at once, five people working on you kind of a thing. It's like, I'm surprised you didn't linger on it longer for that. It's true. Purpose. It's the total ultimate pamper. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> but I tr trust me, I was not. I hate the word pamper. <laughs> have we ever discussed this? I think we have. I hate as the word pamper. you gave me the look, I knew what it was for. <laughs> I hate the word pamper, you guys, because it reminds me of diapers. So when people say, oh, I feel so pampered, I picture someone putting you in a diaper. <laughs> Uh, well, it looks like I'm very pampered in this scene, <laughs> but I um, trust me, like I was more stressing out that I had to get everything done for probably for the Captain Morgan thing and the trip too, but probably more for the Captain Morgan thing than I was like relaxing and enjoying all of this happening. So they, they are really trying to focus on how stressed I am here mm -hmm. and everything, but they're just trying to really focus. They're really trying to have three separate ways of coming at this yeah, trip sure. right now. That Holly's cool, calm and collect. She's got everything planned and packed and ready to go days before we even have to uh -huh. go. And then I'm stressed and I've got my lists and I'm panicking and stuff. But and you're Ken perfect. You have to have it all right. Yes. And Kendra has like a mess and a nightmare and doesn't, doesn't even want to pack. Yeah. And last second is just throwing things into a suitcase. So they're definitely trying to like pull out our three separate personalities here. I they Yeah, they just have me going on and on about being I'm having an anxiety attack. People don't <laughs> understand. Blah, blah, blah. And then the next scene, it cuts to Kendra in her, in her room, twerking in her mirror and posing in her mirror with like duck lips and stuff. I swear this is their favorite thing to film of her. And then it cuts to the Great Hall and it shows Guy pulling out all of our luggage because we got special luggage for this trip. Yeah, Playboy licensing made Playboy luggage and we were gifted the luggage. But you pointed out last time we talked about this <laughs> that we got the luggage like that night. So yeah. not only did we have to pack, but we really had to throw the stuff in the actual luggage that night. Yeah, it was very last minute. And we each have three different patterns. I have like the white and hot pink. You have like pink. And then Kendra had like the navy blue. Yeah. I always dreamed of having a matching luggage set. That's why you'll see me in a second doing like a photo shoot sitting on my luggage. I loved this luggage so much. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so cute. It didn't it last very long. Yeah, that's the only sucky thing is it wasn't made very well. And my zippers started breaking like almost immediately. Yeah. And I talk about loving like cheap luggage because it's cuter. Like I've talked about that before. And this was like cute cheap luggage <laughs> but I still loved it want to know an interesting fun fact about that Playboy luggage too is that I used it on some of my Bridget Sexiest Beaches trips and my luggage would always come through with a TSA check thing in it like a piece of paper that said TSA went through my bag every time I use the Playboy luggage and since I stopped using the Playboy luggage I haven't had that since they wanted to see what was in there creepy right vibrators and underwear i wonder what they thought they were gonna find <laughs> that's what they thought they were gonna find oh vibrators and underwear that's funny and it never occurred to me like take inventory of my underwear or anything like that ew. but i bet there's some missing oh my god ew is right <laughs> um yeah so then it, it cuts to me like sh looking at my luggage or the not luggage rack my um clothing rack and I'll guarantee I wasn't that stressed because there's I spy E6000 and rhinestones on my floor. So I was embellishing things. Yeah. And that's not something you can do if you don't have time to do it. Yeah. And they're showing you like probably from like the night before or something. Cause you're not like dressed for the plane. It's definitely not this night. And yeah. also that night, didn't we go out to the whiskey yes. to see Hef's son's band perform? Yes. Which, by the way, they were still like little kids, but they were like performing at the whiskey. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, the whiskey 
Nike's a really popular club on Hollywood Boulevard. No, it's on Sunset, right? Mm-hmm. Sunset. And um, yeah, so we were going to, we, that, I mean, get this, you guys, we're about to go on a two week European trip, but first pack up your stuff, send it to the plane. And then we have to go to the club first. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I think we went straight from the club to the airport. I think so too. We really packed it in. Yeah. I'll post pictures on our, on the Patreon, but there's pictures of us lined up to go to the club at the club then like at the airport yeah and yeah and then getting on the plane that's so. why i'm wearing like a black dress and stuff when i'm like posing on the luggage is this right before we went to the club yeah and it shows me in pajamas and stuff but that's not the case well i no, you know what i bet we did come back and i threw on my pajamas because it shows me later in pajamas all of us were we changed on the plane oh we did yeah because i changed into like i had a t-shirt that said playboy world european tour or something like that. yeah yeah but i think this footage of you they're using where you're panicking is like from a night before or something like yeah that. something yeah so and then the next scene holly's in the great hall all the luggage is down there she's like posing um i see hef's luggage is all the way already down there i even see some of mine down there and kendra's down there and by the way you look smoking hot in this scene thank you your thigh high boots on hef does not pack his own luggage by the way he had people do that for him and I, I spy James. Hef had an adult babysitter. Oh, he had a, a lot bunch of, of them. A lot of them. <laughs> oh, my God. It is a thing. I didn't invent it. And I spy James. He was one of the yes. um, photographers, but he didn't. He wasn't in L.A. He was in like New York, I think. Yeah. And we met him, I think, when we went to New York or Chicago. And he came on the Europe trip with us. And he was so much fun. Yeah. It was fun to hang out with him. And he just took pictures the whole time, which was great. And then it cuts to me in my room. In the cozy peak pajamas. Mm-hmm. We've got the the clock ticking down and we have to show stress and pressure. And they do this cute thing where they split the screen four different ways. So it shows all our different styles. Like I'm already posing in the Great Hall. You're panicking with your organized clothing racks. Kendra's shaking her ass in the mirror. And then the fourth one is Wednesday it's, packing her little bag. It's so cute. She's going home. It's you guys. I used to pack her own little suitcase, that pink little kind of Hawaiian, I think it was a Roxy suitcase. I would that was always her bag and I would put all her stuff in there to take to my parents and I had already packed her snuggle bear which is her favorite toy and this shows her digging in the bag and pulling out her snuggle Aww, bear and my heart exploded watching this scene Aww, like it's so so, so cute <laughs> So then I list off who's all coming with us. Yes. And I list off, you know, all of us, Hef's brother, Keith, Mary, a hair and makeup artist, who's Steven, who we'll talk to one day on this pod because he's got a lot of good stories, too. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. And one person I don't name off is Keith had a date with him on this trip. And we'll get into what happened with that later. But they're cutting her out for a reason. Yes. Oh, boy. Do we have drama on this trip to talk about this trip? crazy it is crazy it's like nightmares then the clock ticks down three two one and it shows us exiting to the limo 
And then the, it shows the clock says zero as we're taking pictures on the plane, yeah. the stairs of the plane. And I just want to warn everybody before we get to Europe, I'm going to have some mood swings on this trip. I mean, you don't really see it happen too much on the show. It's not like I have any outbursts. They're subtle, but there's definitely some mood swings, I feel like, especially like in the whole London part of it. Yeah. I was a little bit jet lagged. My expectations were a little off. And it was raining. So the seasonal depression stuff yeah. but we'll get into all of that mm-hmm. stuff yeah but just so you guys know so when i start talking about my behavior you'll be like okay that's where that's coming from so we're finally all on the plane the stressful music is still playing i'm not sure why it's still playing but it is they show the plane taking off and hef says and away we go and that was the opening scene Jeez, that was just the opening scene sorry yeah. guys we might be here a while we might be breaking this episode up into multiples <laughs> so sorry about it <laughs> Then the next scene, it's B-roll of London because we have arrived. I have a question for you. Yeah. So as we're landing in London, we say that we were expecting a swinging psychedelic mod scene, like something out of Austin Powers. Were we really expecting that? I brought a few outfits like that, but I don't think I was expecting that to be going on. I mean, it's not the 60s anymore. Yeah, I don't think I was either. I had one outfit for one of our four days in London that was kind of that vibe. It was like white go-go boots, a white trench coat, and like big like 60s glasses. Yeah, that was kind of what my outfit was. Yeah, but I don't think we were expecting that. But then no. why did they want you to say that? Is that because they want to contrast it with how gloomy I am for the rest of the London trip? I have no idea, but that's 100% a fed line because I never oh, would yeah. like be like, oh, I'm looking for the shagadelic. I mean, maybe Austin Powers was still really popular then. and Or maybe they're trying to throw it back with the fact that like the last time Hef was not the last time he was there, but the last time they want the audience to think he was there was back in those days. Yeah, who knows it's what weird. they were thinking. I, I don't get it. <laughs> and it shows us getting off the plane. It's very windy. looks a little dreary. Kendra's very dressed down in like pink jeans and a t-shirt. I'm super dressed up in like a sexy dress, like heels. And Hef is in his normal like getting out of the plane outfit jeans. <laughs> <laughs> getting out of the plane outfit. You're right, though. I know what you're talking about. Button-up shirt and his tweed jacket and his captain's hat. But they don't show you. So I I didn't know what you were wearing yet. Do you know what you were wearing? I remember what I was wearing. I think I was already dressed for Trader Vic. That's what I'm dressed for, too. Because after we stop at the hotel, that's the first place we go. So I was wearing kind of this long, flowing island dress. Yeah. Maybe even a flower in my hair. Yeah, I had a flower in my hair. So then it shows us in the limo, and we're dressed totally different because this isn't even the same day. And we roll up and have says, holy shit. And I say, holy photographers, because there was like a mass of photographers outside our hotel but it wasn't when we arrived it was later after we came back from like a press conference and event type thing yeah and then we walk into the building and you say in interview the hotel was really pretty in london but i couldn't remember where we stayed exactly until like i four seasons yeah until i pulled out the itinerary and then they have this weird, dumb scene yeah. where we all get in the elevator. And I this doesn't really seem like a big deal thing, but I say it's a weird scene because I know they don't put anything in this show by accident. And I'm like, why would they do this? So it's just this throwaway scene of us getting into the elevator and me saying to the concierge, how long has this hotel been here? But I meant like the building because it's a very old building. And in London, oftentimes, like you'll see it when you're there, like when they're remodeling, sometimes they'll tear down a whole building, but they have to keep like the front facade up because they want to keep like the historic accuracy or whatever. So it's kind of more what I meant, not like how long has this hotel been in business? And I forget what they said it was. 35 years. 35 years. And I go, oh, it looks really way older than that. And for some reason they left that in. And I think it's so dumb. I think maybe the only thing I can come up with is maybe because they really want to play off that they want to make it like, I don't like London and I'm really disappointed. And maybe that was the best they could find as far as like, not that I was disappointed, but like me supposedly being disappointed in something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I do think it's a weird scene because first of all, they don't usually film us in an elevator. It's a very tight quarter and the cameras are huge at this time and they're right it would be right in your face it's usually two but i mean i don't know why they filmed this scene but i do think it's to start showing your disappointment in the trip already like yeah i can't think of any other reason yeah and not that you were disappointed by this but i think that they were you know (laughs) grasping and they're playing austin powers music under us the whole time 
Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, because that's what I think this is what Kevin wanted to be like a swinging psychedelic. Oh, you're right. 60s, that's probably more what it was. Kevin very sick it to be like a, Yeah. Oh, wait. And then you grab an umbrella and there's a couple things I wanted to say about this. You grab an umbrella and you open it and twirl it around and say it's for the rain. And I had a couple of things I want to say about that. One, those umbrellas were in there along with other stuff because Playboy licensing came and set up the room ahead of time with like a bunch of like Playboy merch for us, which was incredible. Yeah, that was really cool. They wanted us to wear the merch on the trip and show it off on the show and stuff like that. So we'd always get... Not always, but like some trips we'd get like goodies like that. It'd be yeah. Really fun. Which I thought was cool. And then the second thing is you're opening an umbrella indoors. Are you superstitious? No. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I feel like I am a very superstitious person. Like I'm that annoying astrology bitch. I'm all those things. But when it's stuff like the broken mirror or like umbrella in the house walking under a ladder. Yeah. Black cat. Yeah. <laughs> those things I don't really get into. And then the whole bidet scene oh yeah so i spot a bidet and i know they're gonna want that so i'm like hey who wants to try out the bidet so we go look at it and we're trying to figure out how it works because it's kind of not what i envisioned really it's very low and i don't know like if you're supposed to squat over it or yeah use your hands or like what i know i had seen one before because randomly my uncle had one in one of his houses i think he bought it and it was Uh in there but honestly like I do not know how you are supposed to use that. It's I, it's not like a toto. No. Okay. So now <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Like if you use the, so it was very foreign to us then, but since then, obviously I've done a lot of traveling and a lot of countries have it. In fact, the United States is sort of weird that we don't use them mm-hmm. more regularly. And I do have a toto or some form of bidet on most of our, or if not all of our toilets. And I'm curious if you use one now. I don't. I'm a baby wipe girl. Okay, baby wipe to me is secondary. I have to use the bidet. Have you ever seen the things where supposedly, like, if you flush too many baby yes. wipes and stuff down the toilet, there's these masses in the sewer that yes. people have to cut open? It's bad. And they say even the flushable ones are not. Oh. Yeah, it's really an epidemic. It's super bad. I try not to use them. I will, but I try not to use them if possible. But obviously, if you're traveling and you don't have a bidet. But now I'm like addicted. I'm like, people in the U.S. have stinky butts, man. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But that being said, everything I use is like a Toto or a sprayer or something. I still don't know how to use that kind of bidet. Yeah, that old school looking one. Yeah, I don't know the proper technique. Yeah. And so when I'm like demonstrating, like pretending to use it on here, like for real, do you sit? How, which way do you sit? And does, which way does the water come? Like, I don't understand. I could you, tell I feel you. like you have to use your hands. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very confused about how those work. If anybody, anybody knows, let us know how those bidets work. So at, when we're in there talking about the bidet, Kendra's joking about trying it out and Hef walks in there to see the bidet. And then they cut away and make all these sound effects of like us giggling and water noises to make it seem like we're just using the bidet in front of each other, which I think you guys probably are wise enough to know that that was not really happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Totally. Um, so then it cuts to nighttime and we were all at Trader Vic's at the Polynesian restaurant and the foo-foo drinks in the super cute coconut cup start coming. And I thought this was a fun time to tell you guys that I have like a whole tiki cup collection. Me too. I have so much stuff I saved from Trader Vic's because that was our favorite restaurant in LA. Like I always saved like the coconut cups and the little parrots they put in there and like the menahune. But I feel like I heard Trader Vic's is making a comeback in Beverly Hills, but I feel like they'd have to tone down some of the cultural stuff. Like the menus they used to have were kind of like colonizer looking. And and I don't know what the menahune, like I know that's like a mythical thing, but I don't know how proper it is to like use a menahune as a mascot or as a character if that's not your culture. I don't know. I mean, maybe people don't care. Maybe it's not a big deal, but somebody with Hawaiian heritage would have to tell me. I don't know. Yeah. But the food... Was good at Trader Vic's. Yeah, and the drinks were amazing. And the drinks, but in London, as in all of Europe, they don't use as much ice. So it wasn't the ice blended that we were really used to. 
Yeah. But, but it was the, so good. It was still good. It was still good to be at a Trader Vic's because the one in Beverly Hills closed. Yeah. And the one in London recently closed. I know oh, that because Alison Martino, that lady that we ran into at Queen Mary. Yeah. She was there like reporting on it. And she's the one who said it's coming back in Beverly Hills. So I hope they do a good job because they had one in Vegas for a while at Planet Hollywood, but it wasn't the same food. It wasn't um, done right. We loved this place. Yeah. I hope they bring back the recipes because it was so freaking good. A lot of my tiki cup collection comes from Trader Vic's, but also there used to be a, a restaurant in Stockton, which is close to Lodi, where I grew up, called the Islander. And they also used to do like the tiki cups. And it wasn't around in my lifetime, I don't think. Not that I know of anyway, but my grandmother used to go there and she had saved some cups and she was going to get rid of hers. And I was like, I want your tiki cups. So I have some really vintage tiki cups too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And anywhere I go that has that kind of stuff, like I love I love the souvenir cup yeah, like that. Yeah, I love a tiki cup. So we this is a tangent-filled episode. It took us almost a whole episode just to talk about the cold open. I know. So we're going to wrap it on up okay. and check back with you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom.